What's up, everybody? The Beyond the Stretch podcast with uh, Cousin Vinny and Uncle Mike. And today, man, we had a good one coming because I have no idea what he actually means by this, but we're going to ask him some questions. Uncle Mike, you're talking about some cowboy stuff and the gun and the horse. Well, I guess the easiest way to go about it is is giving a damn is what I'm getting at right now. Listen to a podcast a few months back, and they were talking about the horse, the gun, and the cowboy. And what does the hell does that actually mean? So reading into a little more, it was you have to take care of your vehicles and your apparatus because without them, you'll never get to the battle. So that's the horse. That's the horse. The gun is your equipment. If your hose isn't racked appropriately, if your nozzles are dirty, if your medical gear is missing from the bag after the last run, then you're showing up in a vehicle and you're just going to render no aid other than stare and uh, wish somebody well. And then the last one is the cowboy, who is you, me, the provider, the fireman. Like, we're last in that, that list, list. We have to take care of everything else before we sit down and take care of us. The way I look at that is we've kind of gone away from that to where it's the reverse order. I think a lot of guys come in and they clock in and say, what are you going to do for me today? And they neglect rig checks. They neglect cleaning the stuff. They neglect making sure saws are gassed. They neglect to say that the batteries are all charged, that everything's good to go, and everything is, quote-unquote, battle ready for the day. It's, it's a real shame, and it becomes counterproductive. Because when you think about it, we don't have competition out there there's no one else bidding for our jobs like you can't be oh i went to this break place and they they didn't have all the equipment they needed so i left and went to another place you charged me a better price so i'm the fire service doesn't have that you get what you get and if you got some knuckleheads who don't care enough to make sure they have the the right equipment to do the job when they get there what is the public going to think yeah, raise taxes. Let's give these guys more money. Let's take, let's go ahead and get them the stuff they that they want when they're not taking care of the stuff that they have and was required for them to perform. That's my rendition of what I heard that day of the horse, the gun, and the cowboy. Man, that's really cool. I like that whole how everything kind of puts out there. And this is kind of a, a very, like I said, philosophical like thought where you know, the priorities, keeping your priorities in line and and stuff. And sometimes I think that there's guys that are, it's reverse opposite. They maybe never think about the cowboy, but they're they're heavy on the gun or they're heavy on the horse. You know, when I want to think like everyone thinks cowboy, they think, oh man, this, this rogue go-getter, this guy, this, Gunslinger. Kind of, this kind of edgy fireman, but really the cowboy is just the person. It's just the, it's the individual, you know, firefighter, fire officer that's, that's there that day and what, what competencies and what skill sets that they possess to basically go serve the public and perform their job. But there's, there's guys that think that maybe even in the organization, the organization force more of, Hey, guns, if the guns and the horses are watered and they're fed and they look nice, uh, got those sparkle ponies, right? Yeah. So they got these rigs that are shiny and, and beautiful and the, the tires have tire dressing on them and you and you go to the back of the rig and they they maybe they flap up the the hose bed cover or maybe there's not because I think that if you don't have a hose bed cover you probably rack your hose a little bit better just because it can't be hidden 
But how are those cowboys getting off the truck? Are they really getting off the, the truck like cowboys when they go on those calls? Or are they just kind of, hey, we, we look the part, but man, we don't got anything else other than just the, the superficial uniforms. It doesn't go deeper than that. They'll handle, you know, they'll handle their 95% of the calls that they deal with because they're able to, but it's those 5% or, or, or the 1% call that is really going to push their, their knowledge, push their stamina, push their abilities. And it's just, I just feel like it could really go to the other way too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we can go all day, the cowboy. <laughs> we'll follow it up with a, uh, a part two talking about just the cowboy aspect of it. Well, there's words and not that I cut you off, but there are words in the, the jargon in the fire service that just make people uncomfortable, aggressive. You know, you say aggressive people are like, Whoa, like they're either like all on board or they're all like, Whoa, stop my feelings. Or you got cowboy cowboys, definitely one of those buzzwords that guys go, Oh man, he's such a cowboy. And it's like either it's it's a good thing or it's a bad thing. It's either a badge of honor or it's just a, a perception that you're like, e ah. No, I 100% agree. But in the uh, the aspect of, of of this putting the three together, but you're absolutely right. Um, if you're not taking care of those things, again, you're showing up with nothing, or you're not showing up at all. And I think that it's something that the uh, the newer generations need to understand. Is yeah, you don't have to have you know, a small engine, you know, knowledge. You don't have to have a diesel mechanic degree or anything else like that. What you need to do is you need to get out there. If fleet comes down to work on your rigs, get out there with them and hand them wrenches. You don't know what socket set they need. Well, guess what? You're going to mess up five times walking back to get the right one for them. But that's where you learn. That's where you get to understand. And it's, it's never going to be, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, you're not going to come in one day and be like, I know all this stuff about the rigs and I can tell you about the def system and everything else. And no, like every time there's an issue, get under there with them and learn, you know, find out where the piping is going from the pump, find out, you know, where all the intricacies are of that rig and learn from that. Same thing with the equipment. I know it's, it's a, you, you can nerd out and go way overboard with it, but if you don't know your tools capabilities and you don't use your tools, well, we don't drill in the rain. We don't take the, if it's raining out, we don't take our stuff out or it's a uh, inclement weather temperature is a little low below freezing. We're not going to take the saws outside and start them today. Well, why, why wouldn't you take the initiative to take your equipment out in the rain, in the cold or in the high heat to see what that tool does? I'd rather know that my hydraulic ram is going to be a little bit slower on a cold day and super quick on a hot day, you know? Like those are the things that I, I think those guys need to get out there and, and realize. But if you're not doing it, you're never going to know. And then you're going to be caught off guard and surprised when you need to use those tools. But you can't forget about the cowboy part of it too. Whatever time you clock in for shift, the second you leave your house for reporting for duty, you have to be dialed in. You have to be ready to go. It doesn't matter what time you arrive, but once you are there, like it's, it's go time. You know, it's not sit around and bullshit. It's not sit around and and complain about the uh, the policy that might have came out the day before. It's not about that. If you are in the fireman rank, it's your it's your duty to get out there, get a pass on, go to work, and make sure everything is functional. If you're the officer, your job to make sure your guys have the tools necessary to do the checkoff and everything else that they have to do to make sure that they're ready to go. That's just the way it has to work. Go to our levels, more of the uh, middle management. 
I don't know about you, but the night before I'm already in, I'm already in the uh, scheduling, looking at the staffing for the next day and kind of already formulating what players I have to what kind of service I can provide. You know, if I have a lot of fill-ins, well, they might not be accustomed to the way our, our uh, area functions and they might be a little slower because they don't know exactly where they're going. So you have to keep all that in consideration. But that's the cowboy part of it is, you know, you still got to take care of yourself to do mapping, to learn your areas, learn your tools, learn your equipment. But all that comes after the other stuff's done. So, I mean, let's break down the horse again, because I think that there's breakdowns or there's there might be confusion in, I guess, getting guys out there and following, following, like, I guess, the correct process for taking care of the horse, taking care of the gun, and then and then taking care of the what they feel like is taking care of the cowboy. The horse, for example. When I came in, there was definitely some senior guys and then uh, someone that was identified as placing a mentor position to me that was a hard worker, and he taught me how to take care of the horse. You, you had to, like, wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to beat this guy, you know, because he was so dedicated to – his work ethic and drive was just incredible, and that was what he did. But I mean, he was good at everything. But and then I think feel like now, like there's always maybe an excuse on why the horse isn't getting touched. You ever have a guy, you know, trying to change a work day, they get mandatory over, and they're the driver from the shift before, and they'll be like, "Hey, man, I already checked it. We're good." And it's like, ah, uh, okay, but like that's the easy thing. But it's kind of the same stuff. Oh, hey, we have a really busy day on the schedule, and. It's easy for the officer to go, hey, I know we're supposed to probably touch the compartments and detail the rig today, but all right, let's just give it a quick wash down or a wash over. Or, hey, it's going to rain today. Hey, maybe some of the tools are dirty. That's actually part of the horse too, you know? So like, hey, let's let's go and get this compartment that I know hasn't been touched in a while and it will just we won't really uh, worry about waxing it today, right? But I think there's like definitely not that. There's not that like, hey, grab everybody and let's go handle this thing uh, since – I think I may be falling off the wayside or it's easy to cut corners because that's the quickest thing to kind of get rid of. Let's let's not do a 35-minute detail of the rig today because we only have 10 minutes and we're just going to wash it real quick and hose it down. So there's definitely taking care of the horse. I don't know if you, that's what you, you see or sense. I'm good with that. You're good with I that? I can survive with a dirty, a dirty horse for a little bit. I can bypass the bath if I hear a pump test in the morning. If that rig rolls out and the driver hooks to a hydrant just to just to flow her from tank water to pressurize water back and forth a couple of times, just to be like, hey, make sure we're good. You know, we get the intricacies down, then I'm good. I can tell you in like the last five years, I've I don't hear that as often. I hear the rig roll out, that's it. Maybe an air horn toot and maybe like a little cue wind down. That's that's it. Like they're not checking their rig. They're not doing the things that we were brought up to do. Mm-hmm. And then who's there to teach them anymore? That's that's where the kind of the downfall is, but it's still just as important. Even more so important because we have more computer systems involved. And the second that computer system notices something, because that computer doesn't care about the fireman. That computer only compare or only cares about itself. So if you overpressurize or too much air in that line for a split second it shuts down and cuts you out. But if you never do that, you never play with that during the day or check it off that way or a certain way. Yeah. You're, you're not in a good way. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having a, a semi dirty rig. 
but yeah, you have to pay attention to it. You have to bathe it. You have to take care of it. But it's the intricacies, making sure it's able to roll, making sure there's oil in it, making sure you don't show up on scene and you're throwing codes now because the computer has three quarters of the fluid in that reservoir they should have had when you should have known better before you rolled out that day after you came on duty that you didn't pay attention to check those things, check the dipsticks, tilt the cab and know what the heck you're looking at. Like those are very important, very valuable because without it, you're not making it. You're not making it. And there's stories out there where, yeah, the first two rigs are dead in the water sitting in their bay because somebody didn't do their job. And then what does the public care? What do they, what, what do they get to say? They don't get to call, oh, let's go ahead and give, uh, you know, ABC fire a call. Let those guys come in and take care of it because these one, two, three guys couldn't do a damn thing for me. I'm going to start paying them instead of paying these guys. It's not an option. And it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad because we took an oath for this. It's what we do. And guys are either too lazy to do the job and they know better or there's someone who doesn't know any better but everyone around them is too lazy to show them the way to do it because it's too uncomfortable to ask, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. Cause someone come show me. So I don't know. It just, it, that, that grinds my gears more than anything else is the excuses. And there is no excuse that vehicle's got to get there. And without it, good luck humping all that five inch and uh supply line and uh, throwing, throwing some uh, irons over your shoulders and walking three quarters of a mile to the, to the run. It's not happening. Hose is another thing, you know, not everything needs to be prayed pretty, but if it's not packed right, guess what it doesn't do? It doesn't pull right. So you got to give a damn about that too. You got to put effort into that stuff. Because again, spaghetti on the ground, tying a knot in your, in your line on the front yard of someone's house that's burning, bro, that's, <laughs> that's no bueno. That's, that's not it. And then that goes back to everything else that we have. And it goes back to the cowboy. What are you doing for yourself now? When you do get that time, how are you how are you feeding your brain and and nurturing your body to the point where you can perform better on the next run? You know, no, it's not. It's cool. We came back from the run, stuff dirty. Let me go ahead and take a quick shower because I gotta be clean before I can do anything else. And then, oh man, let me go ahead and snap a couple of these things, you know. Gotta make oh, let me see, see if anybody responded to, you know, that quick little video I took before our you know, I went in or did something. It's rough. It's a rough go, man. It really, it really gets my, my gears grinding. And actually it took me last night to, um, to go ahead and do some, do some research on my own. And, uh, it brought me back to actually, uh, Ray McCormick, one of his comments, and I'm going to read it because that's what I feel like doing right now with this. All right. <laughs> I won't stop you, man. I won't stop you. All right. Quoting Ray McCormick here. It's, we need leaders that inspire people. We need leaders that understand that what we do makes a difference. It makes a difference that we turn out quickly. It makes a difference that we stretch hose correctly. It makes a difference that we do a search. It makes a difference that we have leaders that understand the core values of courage, determination, and pride. And all that comes down to being is not just the firemen, the leaders in the organization is making sure they take the time to show how important all this stuff is and why the horse, the gun, and then the cowboy is what needs to happen. My mind was going on a million things while you were talking there. It's kind of crazy because I have all these all these examples that I kind of want to like, oh, man, that's really good. I want to bring that up and stuff. And, you know, talking about the guns portion of this, the equipment 
everything is so based off of memorization early on, right? I open up a compartment. I have to learn this as a new guy, right? I walk in the door. Oh, compartment P7. Okay, I got the funnel. I got the a fan. I got, you know, like that's that was what guys taught. Okay, learn the inventory. Learn the inventory. And then, you know, I was a, I was a victim of this. And, I, and I'm not, you know, saying I'm definitely perfect at this either. But there was times I was on the job a couple of years until I figured, really figured out why we carried a certain piece of equipment, right? The hay hook. Hey, we have a hay hook. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, finally, I, was, I asked this dude, I was like, why do we have this thing? And he's like, oh, manhole covers or like sewer grates. Oh, that makes sense. The case got to pull a manhole cover. Like, but it's like, man, man for, for three years, I just knew that there was a hay hook in 03, like, you know, or whatever the compartment was. Yeah. But I think that's a lot of the stuff is we get that and it's like, all right, all right, you need to know where the, where the pipe wrench is. All right. Yes, sir. It's in the officer's bag. Perfect. What, what do we need it for? Like, what are we ever going to use it for? How can you like, hey, let's go find something we can put this pipe wrench on and you can uh, elevator keys. Hey, we got single drop. We got double drop. What's the difference or when do you mm-hmm. think you have to use it? That's really the fine. That's the cowboy stuff. Like that's where the gun and the cowboy are becoming familiar. You know, there's I was watching that surviving the cut. It was like the Navy Swick. Like the guys that are on those like uh, watercraft that deploy Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. They have to know every weapon that that boat can possibly have, you know, from the M60 or, or whatever to the 50 cal to just their service pistol. Uh, anything that the SEALs could probably carry on board, they have to be able to use. They also have to know like every position. So the navigator spot, the the captain, like anything in case they all go down and they can basically file in and, and work. It's kind of the same thing, like principle, like, hey, you got to know what every type of gun is. We carry different type of hose loads, right? Human nature. I understand. I'm I'm a minute man over the triple load. If my officers like pull it, I'm gonna go pull what I feel is comfortable and I feel like I'm the best at. But hey, when it's when there's three lines off the rig and you're the third line has to go and it's just the triple load left, like I hope you took the time to practice the one you don't you don't get a chance to pull because you just don't like it or you're uncomfortable with it. It's the same thing with the minute man. Comes off of one side of the truck. Hey, right-handed people, which most the majority of people are, are right-handed, right? So it pulls off easier because that's their dominant side. Get a couple lefties up there, they're like, man, this is an uncomfortable side for me. And But how they work through that, you know? Yeah. Sometimes some of the little things that we, like specs on rigs or ideas that guys have to try to make the process of checking a rig out, the guys go more in depth because they may not like the process or they just, the spec just ignore, uh, aggravates the crap out of them. Like, for example, we had these little sensors on the end of our valve caps for our for our tires okay. that if it goes below a certain pressure, it'd start blinking this red LED light and it's supposed to signal to the people, hey, you don't have 110 PSI in this tire. Great idea. Didn't really work out in the fire fire service very well for us just because of whatever the issues were with these. They started up just being bad or whatever. But I guarantee you, if you saw that blinking light, you had to check. Hey, the tire pressure, it might be up, nope, just this damn sensor, screw it back on or whatever. And finally, a couple, maybe a year or two later, they all just started, when the truck would go for PM, would come back with a normal valve step cover. But there was more tire pressure checks during that one year span just because they had to make sure they had to fact check that light. Same thing with one time we're talking about, hey, let's get the tie offs, the zip tie things, and all of our like lockout tag out equipment or anything like that. Boom, we're going to lock out, tag out. It's got checked by me. I initial it and stuff. 
guys were memorizing the 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 initials on on the, on the zip ties because they were that paranoid. Well, I hope that JS checked this right because I have to pull it today. But mm-hmm. they didn't want to break it because if they broke it, it's like, oh well, we're supposed to then let our officer know and then all this stuff. But there was that paranoia there and making sure that that, that box was fine. But when those zip ties went away. Maybe I don't see guys checking the, the lockout tag out. They just, oh, lockout tag out, the tackle box is there. It's just crazy how sometimes just the p- procedures almost make make people be more engaged in, the, I guess, in the taking care of the horse. You know, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, I'm not. Looking oh, okay. at you through my progressive lenses. No, it's okay. okay. It's, I can't tell if you're in the bifocal side or what at me. So. Yeah. No, it's it's all valid points, and we, we, we're going through that right now with uh, a lot of changes that are happening. And I think what's... I guess the best way to put this is know your role. Know your role in that. Sometimes you're a tag reader, and sometimes you're the guy cutting the tag and also having to look at dates and expirations and making sure that everything that's in the tackle box is there versus just the tackle box is there. And some days you're the guy that's making sure that they're checking off the tackle box. And then there's other people in the organizations that are there to say, we're going to tag these tackle boxes. But if no one's communicating feedback to each other up and down the chain of command, then complacency and laziness is going to set in. The uppers have to have their egos in check to be receptive to the feedback from the boots on the ground. And the boots on the ground have to understand that they're there for the operational moves and their responsibility is to send information back up. It's just important. And it's something that we we can't overlook. It's a lost tradition that needs to bring itself back is to be engaged, to care and to be professionals because that's what we're here for. Amen, brother. All right. If you guys have any emails, I'd like to send us for questions or just comments in general. You can do it at, at beyond the stretch podcast at gmail.com. Uh, until next time, this is Cousin Vinny. Uncle Mike. We'll see you later.